Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Eason here with Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, September the 14th, 2020, and it is 4 p.m. New York time. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. Unfortunately, Amy is uh, not feeling well today, but uh, she'll be joining us again next week. And uh, Louis, I know a number of people who have been dealing with mostly minor illnesses. Fortunately, I only know one person dealing with COVID. The others are, you know, little things, but uh, kind of brings to mind that we haven't really talked a whole lot lately about health and healing and so forth. So I figured, mm. why don't we go over some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past and just some general ideas and practices, because we both know it all starts in the mind. I mean, that's not what our medical people tell us, but you and I know that it starts in the mind. And it starts and ends there. So let's go to the mind. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mind, the mind. I don't mind if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so, um, one of the things that you've told me about, um, you know, periodically throughout the past are, are the various habits and practices you developed over time. And you've got some interesting things that you do. So I figured let's start there. I mean, there, there are certain things that you do just to maintain good health for yourself. That seems like a good starting place. What, what are your favorite things to do? Wow. Where do I begin? So <clears throat> I, I think, uh, <clears throat> Walt, you said start in the mind. So let's start in the mind. Okay. Um, if you want to stay healthy, you need to have a philosophy. And a lot of people are not clear about the philosophy of, of their own health. Mm. So that pertains to a philosophy of life as well. So you start off with, why am I here? <laughs> how should I, how should I act or feel or, or you know, a, a big problem for a lot of people world is, you know, what's my raison d'etre? Mm-hmm. And what's my reason for being? And they they don't really know. So you it took know, me over fifty years to answer that one. So I understand. Yeah, I, I fully understand that as well. But um, you know, I think it was conversations with God that enlightened me to this. Neil Donald Walsh. Oh. Yeah, Neil Neil Donald Walsh said said somewhere in there. He said that you know what Abram says summarizes it beautifully. Is like you're not here to. Um, you're not here because of some unknown reason that you're supposed to fulfill. You're here to create whatever you want to fulfill. You know, mm-hmm. you're here to create your reality. So, right. it it was a to to get your health right. I want people to start by understanding that they need to create their own reality and take responsibility for it and start living it. Because once you get to that place where you are happy and excited about what you're doing your health improves. It just improves. There's almost nothing you have to do. But if you're doing waking up every morning saying, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know, and all the rest of it. And you know, I know where I'm going, know what I'm doing and all the rest of it. You really don't have time to be sick. You know, it's the last thing on your mind. It's the last thing. And, and people don't really get that they make themselves sick. Yes. You know, that's a big I don't want to go to work. Is going on in the back of their mind. I've got to get, I've got to make money. I've got to make money, so I've got to go to work. And then you've got this conflicting thoughts going on in your head, where you've got the stress of not wanting to do a job you hate, but wanting to pay the rent. And then eventually your body says, "I've had enough of this. I'm just going to make you sick, and you're going to have a good excuse. You can just go stay at home, and that's it." That's it. And it works and really so, well, by the way. I'm, and, I'm it does. Saying. It really works well. And But the thing that people don't get is that they created it. Mm-hmm. And they don't get how they created it. They created it by doing something they don't love. Yeah. By spending time um, not following their dreams, by spending time doing what you feel you have to do rather than what you love to do. So, you know, as soon as you start doing what you love, as you know, people, thousands of people have said, you know, it's, it's not work anymore. It's, it's now just fun and games. So <clears throat> the whole joint journey uh, brought me down to, again, my philosophy, my, my epit- epiphanies. So epiphany one was health and nutrition. You know, you are what you eat. 
and what, what you put into the body, what fuels it. So, you know, start getting more organic food, start understanding minerals and vitamins and all the rest of it. So, you know, nothing I haven't talked about before in the program, but I really wanted to get the whole picture into, in, into a being here. I want people to understand that first you need to get your reason. You need to understand that you need to create your reason um, and find a way of being passionate about what you do, following what you love, then you know, you are what you eat, so put good nutrition in the body. Why would you put non-organic food when you can put organic food in? People say it's expensive, but then go for free range or whatever you feel is right for you at the time. And then as you start following your bliss, you'll make more money, and then you'll feel entitled to maybe go organic all the way or whatever. Um, but it's it's just, you know, the the best fuel you can put in the body, go for it, you know, really go for it. I want to make a point to add on to it, and that is when you go for the really good food, the really, really good food, you find that's the food that has the flavor. And it's amazing how big of a deal that flavor makes toward health because you feel so much better. When I mean, yesterday, not yesterday, it was uh, two or three days ago, we had a meal, um, meat and uh, tomatoes and corn, and I don't remember what else, and it's a big problem ongoing getting food that always has high flavor. All of them had high flavor and the, the entire meal was a sensory delight. I mean, everything I put into my mouth, everything Louise put in her mouth is like, Oh, that's, that oh, is so amazing. oh, good. Oh, this is so good. This tastes so good. And it just picks you right up. I mean, it just, it, no matter it what kind of day you had, it just feels better. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be organic. No, it's right time, right place, right vibration. Bring the right food. Yeah, that's true. And when you get that, you start saying, "Well, I really want to be in the right place, right time, and I want to project this energy that's going to bring the appropriate co cooperative components to me, so that I can get this amazing meal." And you know, you've just pointed out something that I love is that taste bud extravaganza. Yeah. You know, my wife puts these things on my plate, and I'm just going. <sighs> <laughs> and, you know, I know her vibration and I know where she's coming from and I know it's going to be like really, really good. Um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to it before it's even come out. Yeah. And, you know, certain dishes I don't agree with. And then I just say to her, I'm not eating this and I walk away and I just get up off the table. And go. There aren't too many of those actually that my wife makes. I mean, she makes yeah. fabulous food. And it, I mean, we have to fight hard to find something I don't like that she makes. I mean, that's how yeah. different it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I say make, she she might buy a pizza or something, you know, because we've got a, a quick meal for, for the family or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she hasn't made something. So, you know, when I say she made it, it could be pre-made and just heat it up, but put well, it on that, the table. I mean, so. preservation. I mean, that's our solution for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there are things that sometimes come into my, my area, which I just refuse. I just mm -hmm. simply say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm fully aware and capable of taking responsibility for anybody's reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Don't care. I will get up, walk away, and not eat it. Um, I will not eat for a day or so if I feel like it. And I will eat when I want to. And, <clears throat> um, you know, things really have to be kind of all right for me because food is not a big thing for me. It's not a big thing. Food fuels the body. Now it's starting to taste really nice occasionally. But it's still, it's not a biggie for me. Uh, some mm -hmm. people, it's a real biggie. It's, it's, it's like, it's their life. Take away food and their life's over, you know, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, that's not me. So, but I understand that and I appreciate it because I'm like that with other things. So mm -hmm. it, it's not really a big problem. So you, you, you've got the nutrition covered. You've got the philosophy covered. You've got the nutrition covered or, or the food. Um, in all different shapes and sizes. Then you go to the liquid. My next epiphany is like, you are what you drink. You know, you always see me on the podcast with water. Mm -hmm. And I often squeeze some lemon in it and I put some aloe vera in it. And that, that is my standard routine. So I'm. Tell me about the aloe vera because I'm not familiar with that idea. Um, well, aloe vera. Um, an aloe plant, which has got a bit of sap, squeeze it out and you get this juice. This juice is supposed, purported to be extremely healthy for you in numerous different ways. Hmm. Interestingly enough, the South Americans are not allowed to consume it themselves. That's interesting. 
They're allowed to sell it to everybody else who thinks it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, I think this is the Brazilian specifically. Um, and I'm still a bit confused why they don't allow them to have it or consume it themselves. So never mind. So, you know, aloe vera is just literally it's got, it's one of those things that they say that helps for everything. Mm. It's got a huge array of, of benefits. Um, so the liquid, how you take it and when you take it. So if you are taking water now, if you have a lot of water, a lot of people say, oh, but I'm always in the toilet. I'm always in the toilet. And I say, well, okay. So what is happening is I don't go to the toilet now. Well, we're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sip, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> For those podcast listeners, Walt was taking a sip. <laughs> I think they figured that part out, actually. <laughs> so, you know, if you take a bit of salt on the tip of your tongue, and this is one of the amazing things I learned, it's, it's your body's many cries for water is the book, if anybody's interested, um, by Dr. Batman, somebody or other. Interesting story um, the doctor talks about because <clears throat> he was in the Second World War as a POW. Mm-hmm. And because he was a doctor, he was allowed to look after the other inmates. Mm-hmm. So an inmate looking after other inma- inmates because he was a medical doctor. Right. And the only thing he really had at his disposal was water. So he made sure they drank a lot of water. Uh-huh. And he found it cured them of a huge amount of different problems, simply mm-hmm. keeping the hydration level up. And um, afterwards, he came out, studied it. How he came out was fascinating. It's it's worth a read just for – he refused to leave even though they let him out because they put conditions on his leaving. Mm-hmm. So he decided just to stay in until they took away all conditions, and eventually they gave him an unconditional release and he left. But until that stage, he refused to leave. He was going to have no conditions. Um so, you know, the guy was obviously an incredibly strong character. Yeah. And um, he decided to study it, and he found there's this really strong relationship between salt and water. So he said if you take a few grains of salt and put them on the tip of your tongue, and the type of salt's important, so higher quality salt, like mm-hmm. rock salt, etc., um, you do get definitely get higher grades of salt and lower grades of salt. Right. Um, so... If if you put that on the tip of the tongue, it sends a signal to the brain that says to that water, absorb the water. Hmm. Now, alcohol and caffeine do the opposite. They go into your mouth and they say, pass through the water. Right, you, right. Know when you, you know when you go out for those drinking sessions, Walt, you're always going to the loo, you know? Well, actually, <laughs> about 30 years, but I understand what you mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. I, so, I went out, not alcoholic. I was tired of all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you... You, I got time to really understand water, and I start to, started to play with it, when to have water or when not to have water. Don't have water when you're eating, at least a lot of it. You can sip a little bit because you start diluting the digestive juices that are breaking down your food, so you don't really want a lot of water then. <clears throat> and there's there's a huge amount of information. So you get your, your food right. You get your philosophy right, and I'm always going to go through this again and again. You get your philosophy right. You get your mm-hmm. nutrition right then you get your liquid right, your liquids mm-hmm. right. So when to take it. So take water in between meals. Um, water, by the way, has pretty much zero calories. So if you are ever fasting, you also need to know that there are certain things that happen at different times. Um, if you start fasting and you don't have any calories, now one single calorie, milk in a tea, for example, will give you calories in a herbal tea or whatever, um, will will start you your clock starting right again from zero from your fasting. Mm. So you need to have nothing if you're fasting. And then there's certain things that happen at certain times, like ketosis, which means you start burning, um, you start eating your own body, start burning up your own fat and muscle and other things. So ketosis is, is one of the things a lot of people who want to lose weight fast force their bodies into so that it starts eating up itself and starts that whole burning off process. Right. And after a certain amount of time, then you get cellular cellular um, regeneration. Hmm. 
So a lot of people think they should eat often, especially, I mean, I was a weight loss coach and I was taught to tell people to eat often, quickly okay. and often, because, you know, as you're eating, you're burning more calories, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're having protein, then you're burning even more calories and, and you've also got the p- potential of building up muscles, et cetera, et cetera. And so it goes on. Um, <clears throat> but if you wanted to heal anything in your life, you really want to get to that stage where you get the cellular regeneration stage of the fasting mm-hmm. benefit going. So you need to understand that process, and it'll be all over the Internet, so anybody can research this. Um, there's a little app which I bumped into recently which actually gives you the whole process. So you download the app, and it starts the clock, and it tells you which one of these you've kicked into and all the rest of it. So it's quite fun. It gives you tips about how to do it and how not to do it. What's the app um, called? I don't know. I, I deleted it off my phone because I don't like using too many apps. Oh, okay. As you know, I've already got a million. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, hopefully one of them is the LOA Today app, but we won't go there for the moment. Of course. I've got that. <laughs> um, so, you, you, you know, this is still going back to the nutrition and the water kind of aspect because you need to understand if you want to go in fasting. So I used to say to people, the only, the only time I really recommend fasting is for religious reasons. Now I'm changing my mind. I'm saying for health reasons as well. Um, and, you know, no, health what, and what religion. Benefits do you, do you, what, what benefits do you see from fasting? Because I've heard a number of different storylines from different people about what the benefits Have you ever have. fasted? Fasted, as you call not, it not as, not as a regular thing, no. No. Have you ever done it, though? Yes. Have you gone more than one day? Yes. Okay, how many days you gone to? It was about 30 hours, something like that. Right, okay. So, hitting day three is a cool one, all right? Okay. <laughs> um, day one is, is, is a non-entity for me. Day two is pretty easy, too. Day three is when, a, for me, and of course, everybody's going to be slightly different. Day three is the day when, you know, you really start feeling hungry and low energy and you start detoxing. And um, so it's a detoxing aspect. Now, what is detoxing? Why are you toxed? You tox because of negative thoughts. Okay. So what detoxing is doing is it's the physical manifestation of releasing relief and release getting rid of the stuff. And consequently, your mind tends to go through a lot of the negativity stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like angry and frustration. You'll get a lot of negative emotions coming up with the detoxing and the pain and the replaying all that stuff. Sorry? You're you're actually replaying this stuff as you're detoxing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, You're just letting go of the old stuff and it cleans out the body. So there's a great benefit there. Um, again, I wouldn't recommend anybody fast without water. Mm-hmm. Most people suggest water and I suggest water. So keep okay. the water going. Um, but don't have any calories. So, so then you start cleaning out the body and, and that is just therapeutic. You know, once you get to the end of that, you seem to feel light, you feel clear headed, you feel connected to source. Um, so there's, there's huge advantages in all that. Um, and if somebody wants to heal, if you're giving it that cellular regeneration phase, you're putting yourself in a very powerful place to start benefiting from it. But again, do it under doctor's advice because there could be certain symptoms that you're going through, certain experiences that you're going through that fasting is just not going to be beneficial. Um, So, you know, most of this can generally be done with common sense. Mm Mm-hmm you can generally feel and if you feel that this is really not going right start eating you know yeah sure. um it's it, it's really not a do or die thing because you can start your fast again the next day you know it's it's just something you can do over and over and you can strengthen yourself until you can you can lengthen it it's a fun way of getting to know your body really you really go way. quite 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 deep into understanding the dimensions, the cleaning out, the detoxing, the changing from what you don't want to what you do want, the connecting with source. You know, there, there's so many aspects of understanding yourself with fasting that I can understand why it is a religious or spiritual practice for many different groups. Wow. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me. So we've gone from philosophy to Epiphany, number one, which is nutrition. Mm -hmm. We go into water. Then we go to the next one, which is breathing. Mm. 
So I always love love this one because when I came to understand breathing, I was so into it. I was so passionate about it. And I was doing all these yoga breathings and all these other things. And I've studied all these yoga books. And I went to my dad and I said, Dad, you really need to know how to breathe. He said, what do you mean? I've been breathing all my life. I'm still alive. <laughs> and I love that story because it really puts out to me, you know, when you're talking about breathing, it's a lot more than just breathing. <laughs> you need to really get what breathing's all about. So breathing is a gain. When you start doing it, it has the same effect, but in much shorter time frame than fasting. You start detoxing. If you're doing the um, bastrika, which is what? the belly bastrika. Bastrika. I haven't heard that one. Um, so. In, in the lotus position. So it's the bellow breath where you don't doing it from your, your core and you're going in and out, in and out. So it's like a bellows. It's called the bellow breath. So, and, and it really detoxes the body. So you're now getting to day three in your fasting within a short period of time with your breathing. So I, you, I have to interrupt. I have to ask a question here because when I saw you doing that, I said to myself, my God, he's going to hyperventilate. Why don't you hyperventilate? You, you don't because, um, first of all, I was doing it a bit faster than I would do. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's very quick breaths. It's very bellowy. So the, the couple bite is very different. It's like this. And I'm not sitting in the full lotus position, which is giving me the, the proper push back onto my thing. But what you're taking, you're taking your, your, your stomach muscles really. You're tightening them and you're relaxing them. And as you relax them, you're filling, you're filling them with air naturally, tightening them and relaxing, tightening them. And tightening and so, them abruptly. It's not, a, it's not slow. It's, it's, it is, it is an abrupt one. This is called the skull shining breath, um, the couple about there. Um, which really, you know, it's kind of like gives you the halo, gives you the um, uh, saint appearance. <laughs> the aura. Well, you know, you know that saint's got that circular thing over the. Oh, okay, the, yeah. You know that that kind of thing. So it does does the skull shining breath. It really cleans your thoughts and your mind and everything around your head. So, um, like Donna Eden, um, and this is energy wise. So. We can kind of talk like that, talk about that as well, because it kind of comes after breathing. And she she calls us the crown pull. So you take it over there and you open like that. So that allows the energy to come in and go down the body, and it allows clarity of thought. It allows for creativity and you know all that kind of stuff. Sorry, Sharon. And what you're doing for our listeners, because obviously listeners can't see it, you're you're basically touching your your, in the top of your head and you're pulling. You're digging. You're digging your, your fingers on your head, on both sides, right in the middle of the top of your head, and you're dragging them down to your ears. Right. And then you're just putting them back up in the middle and then pulling them down again. And it's called a crown pull. So like you're opening yourself out to the higher power, which I don't really believe because the higher power is within us and is all around all the time. So this mm-hmm. is more, it's more symbolic in my mind, the way I now understand it. You're not, tuning yourself into a higher frequency or you're using energy to do that, which is very plausible. And I've done it on numerous occasions and I'm not just talking about it. It's how it works. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're starting to slowly tune yourself from the vibration you are now into a higher one. Now, when you're in that higher one, guess what happens? You heal quicker. Makes sense. Okay. So you're more aligned. So you're going to heal quicker. So this is, this, we're talking about healing. So I wanted to get the whole philosophy going here. So you get, your philosophy right you get to understand that thoughts create your reality you get that you want to find your passions in life you get that you may be not there yet and you need to climb up the emotional scale you get that you need to get good nutrition in the body you get that you need to have water with salt Um, by the way, I only did it for a while and then my body started absorbing the water naturally. So I didn't find I didn't need the salt so much anymore. And I tend to use quite a bit of salt in my, my food. Now, a lot of people are worried about salt, but what no doctor seems to ever tell you is that if you have lots of water, you flush out excess salt. So salt never has to be an issue if you've got sufficient water. 
but they can't guarantee that anybody goes home. I imagine the doctor's worried about this and guarantees that they take the right amount of water. So they tell them, no salt, no salt, low salt, no salt. So this is the only philosophy that I've come up with why doctors do that. Well, I, I, I have, I'm that clueless that, that water removes salt from the body, which is scientifically proven everywhere. I can give you a little more information because my wife has a thyroid condition and with, she has mainly she's had a, what they call hyperthyroid, although lately she's also dealt with some hypo, hypothyroid. With hyperthyroid, they actually want her to eat more salt. So the doctors don't always say cut down the salt. I just, I just wanted to throw it in. There are certain situations. No, no, this, this is this is more for the heart kind of condition, right. guys, right. you know. Um, right. and, and, of course, that's the biggest killer on the planet. So right. 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 I was generalizing, so thanks for ungeneralizing me. Because I'm <laughs> not that fond of generalizations because they, they are full of flaws. They well, certainly like. are. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you put it in context, it makes sense. <clears throat> So, um, you, you've gone all the way around now to liquids, which you've sorted out. You've gone to the breathing and what else can I talk about breathing? There's so much about breathing. So increasing your lung capacity is great. Hold your breath better, speak better, um, talk better. Everything is better when your breath's better. Your chest opens, your heart opens, you know, everything is more open when when you've got, when you've got the kind of lung capacity and all the rest of it. So I used to, I've done a lot of experiments with my body. Okay. (laughs) Take a lot of these with a pinch of salt. I used to, um, fill my breath up and then I used to Which is called packing for the deep sea diver, for, for the, you know, these guys that dive down to really hold onto these things and get shot down to the bottom of the ocean. Right, Those right. guys. What do they call them? Some divers, some kind of divers. Um, and it's called packing. So you pack the lungs. So you actually, you fill the lungs to whatever capacity you can naturally with the expansion of your, your body. And then you force with your mouth, open mouth of breath and you pack it down into your lungs. So you pack it up just a little bit more. It's actually not painful or anything until you really get to, upper limits of what you can pack into your body. Um, but you can pack quite a bit in, in, in there. So you, you're packing this and, you know, I've played with all these kind of things endlessly. So I increased my lung capacity. I was doing a lot of swimming at the time and I was swimming underwater and I could do 25 meters times two and a half mm-hmm. with relative ease. And I found a special way of swimming. So, you know, when people are swimming underwater, they do breaststroke. Right. I found that very slow. So I was just doing a kind of flapping underneath here, which is kind of like a propulsion engine. Um, you know, those propellers, the way they actually move, right. it, it, it is very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And I can move incredibly fast underwater using this, but I don't. If I'm ever going to swim a long distance underwater, you go slowly. You gently go down off the side of the pool, you kick off gently, and then I just gently flap my arms in this way that really propels me like nothing. And I just go the distance. So I learned to hold my breath longer and longer, go further and further distance, etc. So, you know, your, your lung pl- capacity increases and it has so many benefits. So the more oxygen you've got in the body, the clearer you think. And mm-hmm. so it goes on and on and on. You know, there's this so much information out there. I don't need to, I was trying to give you an idea of what I did to play with it all. Um, so swimming was brilliant because it really stresses the body when you, when you go long distance underwater and there are barriers that you hit. So you're swimming underwater and you hit the first barrier and the first barrier says to you, come up for breath, come up for breath, come up for breath. Mm-hmm. And you're you're desperate for it. You're absolutely desperate. <laughs> and um, you fight past that and you go through it. So you're swimming there. Hi, Jeffrey. I'm glad you made tomato soup. <laughs> yes. I said that earlier when we were talking about uh, delicious foods. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so then, then you break through the first barrier, Walt, and then you go through the second one, and then you go through the third one. And I never got past the third one, and I don't – recommend unless you've really practiced a lot to go through even two barriers. So, you know, for record's sake, come up at that first barrier. Mm-hmm. But I broke through three three of those barriers. And it's interesting, once you've broken through the barrier, you can 
your whole body relaxes and you can go on for quite a while. Then you hit the second one. I must breathe. I must breathe. I must breathe. And you break through that. And then, um, you, you get this reprieve kind of thing, which says you can carry on for a while now. Um, so it is really fascinating. Um, when you can find finding out how far you can push your body further and further and out of the, you know, because I, I was an asthmatic, I had all these breathing problems and all these chest problems. You know, it was a big deal for me to go from that to real super <clears throat> breath control and, 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 and all the rest of it. It was explains a, a why you did major that. transformation for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the contrast was massive. So the relief and relief was massive. And I didn't. This is another thing people need to understand about health and healing is. Sometimes if you've got an obstacle here, Walt, you can go around it like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can remove the obstacle. Which is right. certainly ideal. That is the ideal one. Now, most people, I had asthma as a kid, but I thought I'd overcome it. But I hadn't. I'd overrounded it, which is word i just made up over around it okay <laughs> so I've, gone, I've around. gone around the problem and i hadn't removed the problem so my breathing was okay but there was the underlying asthma was sitting there all the time so when i started working with energy it was amazing because the stuff all came up and i was coughing and struggling with my breath and all the rest of it and i thought where is this all coming from and as i worked with energy again and again bang, I removed that whole problem completely. I have no tile, tiny, tiny bit of asthma in any shape or form left in my body. So, so essentially that was your body uh, expurging, for lack of a better word, just, just getting rid of all that stuff that was essentially causing your asthma. It was like this great big purge that went on. I don't like that. So nope. the way I like explaining it is this. When you focus clearly on what you want, the rest falls by the side. Okay. So I was really focused on health. So, so it was being healthy and well. It wasn't dramatic. It, it was. It wasn't like oh no, my God, all the stuff is going no. on. I can hardly take this. No, no. Basically, I was so clear on discovering the fascinations of breathing better. It's the best way I can describe it. And the things that I could do now, which I couldn't do before, I was so focused on that that the other parts just dwindled and fell away. So it, it's, it's, it's a very important philosophy when somebody wants to heal. <clears throat> if you're saying, and I mean, we've said this a million times in different ways to different people, and, and, and many people are saying, if you're trying to lose weight, you never will. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you're trying to trim up, get healthy, you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's that philosophy that you're really diving into what you want and what you like and what you're happy with. And it's difficult for me to describe how much passion I had for health, for the enjoyment of the breath and the deepness of this and the freshness of it. Um, and the clarity of mind that it brought to me, it was just incredible. It was just on another level altogether. And it was so deliciously core, deliciously for me, like some people might like food or music or, or other things. Um, my journey's been very much within my body. This absolute passion that has come from the enjoyment of discovering that you're now not sick anymore, but you, you're really feeling this, this, this pleasure of this incredible breath that is so easy and gentle and clean and clear and, and the nostrils are now open. And, um, so, you know, it's difficult to describe all that, but when you, when you get it, you start realizing that, you know, you really should focus on what you want, not what you don't want. And this is the way forward. And then what you don't want is going to fall apart. Somebody was saying to me the other day that karma, you know, it is really is what, what you have to pay for everything that you've done wrong. And I said to him, no, I don't agree with that anymore. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, what do you mean? He, he knows I know karma and the philosophy very well. So I said to him that, you know, now that I'm understand that karma is either good or bad. Karma is vibration. 
karma is focusing on what you want creates wanted karma. Focusing on what you don't want creates unwanted karma. They're active vibrations. They're floating. But when you focus more on the wanted karma, or not even the wanted karma, where you want to go, some of the wanted karma, if it's in vibrational harmony, will come to it. The un- unwanted karma will just vanish because it's not a vibrational match to where you're going anymore. So you don't have to pay for it. Now, the, now, what I think the guys were trying to point out when they're saying pay for it is, is it never vanishes. Nothing ever vanishes in the universe. Whatever you've put out, whatever thought form you've ever put out, as far as Abram says, and I kind of like believe the philosophy, nothing is ever destroyed. Mm-hmm. So that vibration still carries on, but it doesn't have to be linked to you anymore. If you're focused on where you want to go and the, and, and, and the, the aspect of where you're going, there's no vibrational match to that stuff anymore. It doesn't exist. You don't have to pay for it. That's an interesting distinction because it, it's quite a different one from saying that you're neutralizing the spin or the neutralizing the, uh, the power of that old vibration. You're not neutralizing it at all. You're li- literally leaving it behind. You are, and that could be looked at as neutralizing it. Mm-hmm. But you've really got to get that distinction clear. Mm-hmm. Really got to get that distinction clear that you're heading this way and the vib- you're not a vibrational match to that anymore and it can't touch you while you are focused on this. can't touch you. So, Plus you also you, you mentioned this a few times, not specifically, but I'll say it specifically. In so much of what you were describing there, there was a massive amount of appreciation. You were appreciating so much stuff. And I don't get the sense you were saying, I'm going to sit down and appreciate this stuff now. You were just appreciating. It was just mm. like part of the flow. Exactly, exactly. And how, how do you get somebody who's totally wrapped up in their cancer, their, their stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. How do you get them to even begin to understand this until you get the philosophy right? Mm. <laughs> You know, everything falls apart. And, you know, I was I was looking at a YouTube video. Um, you know, I was talking about Speaker's Corner in London. Oh, right. Yes. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned it off, off, off the podcast. Right. And uh, I was watching debates. I've started to realize that I'm actually really like the intellectual debate. And mm-hmm. it surprised me because... I mean, you probably picked it up straight away when you met me, but <laughs> I'm starting to realize that I actually quite enjoy the intellectual You brain. absolutely do, yes. <laughs> I think all of our listeners know that by now. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've never thought of myself really as an intellectual or anything. Um, and I would specifically downplay that if I ever spoke to an intellectual. <laughs> I think you did that. Very much on purpose. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but... You need to get that concept of your raison d'etre, your reason for being clearer. You need to start looking at life and why you're here. The the guy was trying to put it to everybody, you know, Speaker's Corner. I was watching a YouTube video today. This guy was really trying to say to him, what is your reason for being, guys? You know, he, he'd given a really good play up to it, and he did it beautifully. I mean, I really was impressed with this guy. He was really gentle and clear and kind and nice, and he painted a beautiful picture. And then he said, this is just the only thing I want to leave you with, guys. What is your reason for being? And if I asked you, Walt, now, what is your reason for being? I don't even know what you'd say, you know. It's such a personal thing. And a lot of people don't even want to talk about it very much. And a lot of people just, I don't really know, um, which to me is more of a cop-out because I, I don't believe anybody doesn't have some kind of idea. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of living their life based on it, even if they're not aware of it. Well, I think there's also the fact that we tend to bury it if we have not accepted that's what we really enjoy and want and feel good about. That's what I did for many, many years. And in answer to your question, my reason for being is to express joy in a climate where very little joy gets expressed. So, there's so little joy in so much of the world. And I, I like the idea of expressing joy. That to me is like, that, that's one of the reasons I do the podcast. It's one of the reasons why I call this your daily dose of happy. Mm. I, I just love the idea of just spreading some joy, spreading happiness. And 
spreading high vibe and therefore helping other people get to a high vibe just because they're tuned in, they're listening, they're paying attention. Mm. To me, that's fun. And, me, that's, and a, that's a great reason to be alive. And that really floats your boat. That is your raison d'etre. And yeah. that is your, what you encapsulate. That's what you living. That's what you created the podcast. Yeah. And it is beautiful for you. And then if you ask the guy next to you, what's your raison d'etre? Something completely different. Completely different. And then somebody yeah. else is completely different. And I love it. So yeah. the raison d'etre doesn't have to fit a mold of, of anything. So everybody's right. And one of the most beautiful things I learned from Abram Hicks, and it was a subtle thing, you know, and I think I've only seen it in one video, is Abram said, we really need to respect whatever anybody's belief is at any moment in time because they have spent their whole life getting to that place Mm -hmm. of that belief. And we should respect that people have come from wherever they are to, to get there and, and, and to have that. And I love that. And, and, you know, there's nothing I respect more than that now is, mm-hmm. is, you know, this is what Walt's raison d'etre is. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And mine might be different, but Hey, I love the fact that you are at least clear about what yours is. You're not the only one. I'm glad that I'm clear finally <laughs> after all these years of trying to figure it out. <laughs> I finally got there. I said, "Oh, that's fine." But did that's did you life. get this that you that you made it and it wasn't something that was always out there that you had to get? Well, I knew it wasn't always out there. What I discovered over time is that it was always in there, but I didn't allow it. I wasn't willing to. It it, it wasn't what my generation thought of as cool, you know. So I didn't think of it as cool. And so I didn't oh, allow it. I didn't, uncool I, Walt. I can just see that. I was, un, well, I was uncool most of my life. Let's be perfectly blunt about it. But, you know, you I, need I, to. I, I took uncoolness to some pretty interesting extremes, to be honest. To uh, a really uncool level. Very uncool, yes. But you, you mentioned Neil Donald Walsh earlier. And every time I hear the name Neil Donald Walsh, I think about exactly what you're talking about here, this mm. reason for being. Because he did, and this is the mo- one of the most famous things he did, was in the movie The Secret. His bit in The Secret was to draw the blackboard in the sky. And the blackboard in the sky says, you, or actually he did it in his own name, Neil Donald Walsh, a handsome guy who, and then there's a blank, there's a fill in the blank, and you're supposed to fill in what it is that is your reason for being. And then he says, but there is no blackboard in the sky. So your reason for being is whatever you say it is. Mm-hmm. And I love that from that there were, I mean, the secret has some great stuff and it has some problems. That's one of the best things that came out of the secret for me. Yeah. It's one of the the best things I got out of conversations with God. It really stuck out as a truth Mm -hmm. for me, for me. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Now did my higher self say that, this is kind of what I wanted to get to at some stage. And therefore my Louis self is, uh, is, is catching up with where my higher self is, which might've been a preordained thing because it's kind of what the, where I was heading when I decided my non-physical self decided when I was coming in. Yeah, could be, who cares? But you know, chicken or egg situation, <laughs> you know, when somebody said to me, um, in the, in the sauna, the guy said to me, Louis, I've got a great question for you. He's like this big group of people there. He says, I want you to answer this one. So I said, yeah, sure, bring it on. He said, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I smiled and I said, I've got the best answer for you, but you're going to hate it. Oh, there's a setup if I ever heard one. <laughs> he said, what? I said, I really know the answer to that. He said, what is it? I said, who cares? <laughs> I said, I'm telling you now it's the chicken. How does it change your life? Okay, I'm telling you it's the egg. How does it change your life? It doesn't. <laughs> and and it, it really is like that. And you, you don't have to get too wrapped up in it. It's, you know, who, who cares if it came first or second? You know, I'm just focused on living this passion and moving forward where I am now. So we've got the philosophy. We've got the nutrition, we've got the liquid, we've got the thought, 
We got the breathing too. Uh, we had the breathing before that, and then the thought. I uh, know. Now we get into the thought. So we understand the thought. We, we talk about that all day, every day. Thoughts create your reality. <clears throat> Focus on what you want, know what you don't want, and then if you follow that routine, that package, you are going to be on the path of healing. You are. And the biggest advice I can give to people is get your foundation solid. And that is the foundation that the, those steps that you're describing. The foundation really starts off with raison d'etre. Mm-hmm. Starts off with why the hell am I here? Because until that's cleared up, everything else is messy. Mm-hmm. You can't really get your health together because you don't really know why you're getting your health together. You can't really get your breathing together because you don't really know why you're getting, you don't get your water together because you don't really know why you're getting the water together. You, it, it all falls apart. Get your foundation solid. It's interesting too because I'm remembering the conversation that you had with the stream a few weeks back in which you were posing the question, what do I know? How do I know what my contribution is, my unique contribution that in a sense justifies my life, which is very closely aligned to the idea of your reason for being, I would imagine it would be anyway. And, you know, so essentially when you were raising that question and you were saying, this is really important to me, I now understand a little, little bit better. You were saying, this is part of my foundation. This mm-hmm. is, this is like the foundation of who I am. It is from the age of eight consciously I've been absolutely driven by that one question mm-hmm. it has beautifully haunted me my whole <laughs> life <laughs> so there's a nice bit of contrast there which helps for the expansion Okay. And there was a definite haunting aspect to the question at different phases in my life. Really? In other words, um, I was scared of death. There was this big black thing. It really <laughs> haunted me then because, mm. you know, I was saying when my daughter came on, I said, daughter, you don't really understand me well. I'm often thinking about death. <laughs> you don't know your dad very well. I'm often thinking about death. Now, Death is so familiar and comfortable with me that it's, it's not maybe what a lot of other people perceive. It's, it's not bad or, or, or anything that might be normally perceived as death. Now it's exciting and exhilarating and fun <laughs> and all those other things, you know, it, it doesn't hold any of that other sway or power over me anymore. It now is, it's, it's a beautiful, there's a beauty in it and a clarity in it. You know, I, I'm often, thinking about these pro-lifers and all I ever want to say to a pro-lifer is one thing. Are you really aware? Are you keenly aware? Do you really understand that death is part of life? Hmm. Do you get that? (laughs) Do you get that death is the beautiful, beautiful part of life? It's a very important part of life. Why, why, why particularly with pro-lifers? I'm, I, I kind of get the connection, but I'd like to get a clearer idea. Well, what does a pro-lifer do? What, what do they jump up and down about? Typically, they're they're up and jumping up and down about abortion. Okay, so what's abortion? Abortion means killing something that was alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. Particularly so before it's born. Killing, killing is death. Mm-hmm. So if you're a pro-lifer. And death is part of life. It should all be okay. You shouldn't even go there. <laughs> you don't get it, do you? I mean, not, not you, but I'm talking about pro-lifers. You, you know, yeah. death is an integral, unescapable, beautiful part of life. My wife. The last word is the one I think that throws them off. The, the beautiful part. You know, my, my, my wife works at palliative care and it's really interesting because say 90% of them she perceives, or maybe it's just because of her vibration, have a beautiful death. And then there's got those few that are really clawing and fighting their way not to have it. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's horrible. It's horrible to watch. I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly she'll say there's people that are really fighting. They'll have some kind of thing happen to them inside and then they'll just be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, they go. 
Right. So, you know, there's, there's that kind of pro-life of saying, oh, life, 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 life. We're not looking at death. And then eventually they, there's that turn or that shift inside them that says, okay, death is actually part of life and it's beautiful. And then they can relax and then they have this beautiful death. So, um, you know, that, that's the important thing that I would, I would like to say to a pro-lifer is, is all about, you know, death is a beautiful part of life. Yeah. I know that what made a big difference for me with death in terms of, not so much coming to terms with it, but simply having a way of framing it. Because that, I mean, you were afraid of it. You said, I was just confused as heck about it. I mean, I think over time I was kind of building a fear because that's part of what our culture does. But deep down, it wasn't really so much that I was afraid. It was more like, I just don't get it. I don't understand what's going on here. I mean, I know that it happens all the time. People are dying. We're all going to die, all that kind of stuff. But what's the point of it all? What does all this accomplish? What is it? What's going on here? What is this whole thing all about? I didn't get any of it. And then Abraham comes along and basically says, uh, we want to uh, demythicize croaking. And we want to call it croaking to be as disrespectful as possible to possible. Kind of take all the sting out of it. And I thought to myself, well, geez, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. That was the first time that I actually had... I won't say a definition, but a description or, or an approach to death that actually made sense to me. Wow. Yeah. And I, I heard that. I said, well, yeah. I mean, talk about instant resonance. I didn't have to think about it. It's like, of course. I mean, isn't this obvious? <laughs> and then I found out, no, it's not obvious. Oh, really? <laughs> I think the Abram one that really, really got me tickled pink was this, this person saying, Oh, but you don't know anything about death. So everyone says, what do you think I am? Who do you think I am? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think I am? (laughs) I was just like laughing myself silly. (laughs) You actually got an Abraham Hicks seminar and not know who you're speaking to. (laughs) Dead people, guys. (laughs) I think that was the one piece. There were two pieces. There was that piece and then... There's also the piece that I know haunted, and I'll use the word haunted, haunted me for the longest time, which is what happens afterward. Do we continue? That was the, that was a big question. I think it's a big question for a lot of people. And certainly the Abraham teachings along that line helped. I think, you know, what made the biggest difference for me? I know this is kind of a little bit strange for some listeners, but it is, it's really true. What nailed the whole thing down for me was my dad, when my dad died. Mm. And it wasn't so much his death, although his death was actually more of a a relief because he was in really considerable distress leading up to it. Um, Not because he was afraid of the death, but just because of this. Well, I guess in a sense you could argue that he was suffering from Parkinson's and he was literally starving to death. He couldn't swallow anything. So it was a pretty miserable specter. But once he was passed, I was like, oh, good. All right, so he's passed that part. But then a few days later, my sister gets a visitation from him. And in that visitation, she, my sister has been into this stuff longer than I have. So she is always right there with the question that she knows she wants to ask. So as soon as she heard from my dad, she says, what's it like over there? (laughs) (laughs) And the answer she got was that it was festive. And she told that story to all of us. And when she told me that story, I knew she wasn't making it up Mm. because it's never a word that my sister would have used, but it is definitely a word that my dad would have used. Yeah. 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 And and from that point on, it was like the whole thing. It was like a book opened. Mm. The the book just opened right up and everything became clear to me about death, about source energy. The whole thing just opened right up. And from that point on, I've been able to connect with my dad. I've had Mm. a number of, I've had dream states where I've had conversations with him. I've been able to hug him. I mean, all this cool stuff that happened. I have this sense of certainty, of of confidence about the whole thing. Um, When my mom passed, it was almost, and people are going to say, you can't possibly mean this. It was almost a non-event for me, Mm. which is I mean, to this day, I, I, I kind of like try to justify it. Like maybe I did all my grieving 10 years ago or something. Because <laughs> I mean, I just didn't experience that. When she went, I knew a year before she was going to go that she was going to go. And when she went, I was like, yeah, no big surprise. Tell me something else. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't love her. I loved her very much. I very much appreciate she helped, she helped bring me into this life. She, she did great stuff trying to help me when I was growing up and so forth. I, I just didn't feel that, that I didn't feel all that 
grief and anguish and so forth because it just felt so clear to me, so incredibly clear. That is such a, the way I'd, I would have put it in my old life is a, a very spiritual um, awareness. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I would call it a... No, I would not use that, I would say. Well, let's, let's hear what you would say. I'm curious to see. <clears throat> that doesn't quite I would work. say it's um, a greater clarity in the understanding of how things work. Yeah, okay, I can go with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, because any of the other kind of labels, as soon as you no, put the, the yeah. symbol, it just kind of falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying on a Facebook group that uh, it's a private energy type group. Um, I was, I was, they were, they were asking, how would you describe love? Okay. And everybody was coming up with their different aspects and, uh, yeah, I was pointing out that I didn't like the word spiritual and I preferred the word alignment and I explained to them what alignment was and it started a whole conversation. A lot of people agreeing that a lot of old words that we would been using needed to be revamped and, mm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and rejigged. Yeah. So I really loved that aspect. I thought it was like, hmm, I didn't, wasn't expecting all this kind of um, debate around the idea of using different words to great to, to create greater clarity. I know it's important for me, but I didn't know it was actually important for quite a lot of other people as well. So, um, yeah, I, I was really impressed about how everybody rallied behind it. Mm, that's right. It wasn't cool. something I was expecting. I was expecting it to be naught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've talked on, particularly on the Friday show about how, the world as a whole is going through different terms get used by different people. I'll, I'll call it a vibrational lift. Um, there, there's, there's a shakeup going on. Some have called it a reset. Um, but there's a thing going on and you can describe it a number of different ways. And what it adds up to is everybody's coming through at the other end in a higher vibe state, even if they don't know what a higher vibe state is, which is probably a little bit disconcerting. But nevertheless, it's happening to one degree or another with everybody. And it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's definitely rejigging people's thinking everywhere I see people saying, oh, I've had to think about this differently. I had to think about that differently. I had to think about how to do my business differently. I had to think about it. And so it goes on and on, you know, how to, how to react differently and how to talk differently and how to, uh, communicate differently and how to go to school differently. And because my daughter just went to school, yes, today for the first day. Ever, oh, you mean four year old? Physically, yeah. So she went to her, her first day at school and it was mm-hmm. like so cool. And Isabel took her, you know, my older daughter. Oh, that's right. She that, wanted, she really wanted to take thing, her yeah. and she, and, and she took her. Yeah, that's she got to do it. And she was, she was really like chuffed. Like, this is one of the things she's been wanting for a long time. And she manifested it and she's got it. Well, it's a biggie. I mean, how? Uh, she, she was very she, clear. I mean, when she was, was on very the show, clear, that, that was, was something really she was going to do. Yeah. It was a big she deal. She wasn't sick and there were no obstacles. She walked to the school. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't think anything would get in the way of that. You know, you can <laughs> see when certain people have got their eye on a prize, then nothing's going to knock them off. You can just feel it. You can kind of feel it. <clears throat> Well, and, but, you know, it could be feeling. as simple as taking your sister to a first day of school. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what you're feeling is is a level of certainty, of confidence. Yeah. Certainty. yeah. And I love it when I see people starting their new businesses and they've got that. Oh, to me, it's delicious to watch. <laughs> as, a, as like the window cleaner, he came to me for years, climbing up a ladder, cleaning the window. Mm-hmm. And I started chatting to him and chatting to him and chatting to him. <clears throat> talking about law of attraction, talking about this. And, you know, he's, he's had a fascinating life. He's, his daughter died at about 22 or something from some mm. disease or other. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's had a lot. And she came around and helped clean his, the windows at some stage. And I had long chats with her on the lawn as well. And, yeah. you know, it, it was fascinating because what happened was he get away. I said to him, think about ways of making a better business. Think about ways of 
having more people come. You know, if you're focused in your head that you're going to get people that are going to give you problems, you're going to get those kind of people focus on. And, you know, because that was one of the obstacles, a lot of people who've got small businesses, that's the obstacle is, you know, how do I get somebody I can trust and who's going to do the work as good as me and blah, blah, blah. I said, make it worth their while. Have a look what everybody else is doing. So eventually, you know, he started getting these, these, this water thing that you just, um, put up, but it doesn't leave any drip marks. So you can stand at the bottom and just go and do wow. it quickly. Yeah. Then the other guys got on board with that because climbing the ladder wasn't so great. And right. then he got more and more people. Now he's got a huge business. Wow. Huge. Um, I mean, he's hardly got time to speak to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> came around, he came around, did my gutters the other day and, you know, um, with his wife and, um, I, I said to his wife about, I know we're running a little bit over time, but, um, his wife said, uh, I said to my wife, yeah, I was always talking to, to Richard about, um, you know, how to expand the business and all the rest of it. Mm. And so she said, oh, I've got you to blame for this big problems and all the hassles we're having with this company. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, you got me to blame. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Vibration doesn't have anything to do with that. No. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, no, I but it, 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 she was just pointing out that it was a very busy business and they were learning oh, to cope nice. with expansion and all the rest of it. But yeah, exactly. it was great. I was, I'm really proud of them. Well, we had a very similar experience. Uh, Louise's gardening business, which I'm now managing for her, um, it's had a very slow year, comparatively speaking, because of COVID. But we're doing okay, interestingly enough, but it's been a very slow year. Mm. But we're, um, we're within about uh, six weeks of the end of our season. And I was looking at the numbers and we have enough money to get through the winter just fine, but we don't really have that extra amount that we want to be able to do things. And so we were both saying, you know, we really need to get like a really good sized client. And we were thinking one particular client that we had who since have sold their house probably through our, our help of making the place look so nice, but it was a really big property and gave our workers a lot of, of stuff to do and so forth. We need a, we need another one just like the beaches house. Well, you got to be careful what you wish for <laughs> because within days of that, we got this phone call from a customer in the other direction, but out the same distance away, who has a property that's about one third bigger than the other one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's the, the whole focus of your mind on it and vibrate. It, it really does work. It, and especially after you've had the experience of it, you know, on, on a number of different occasions and a number of different ways. So you really build up the belief in it. We had enough belief. We've done this enough, enough mm-hmm. times with the business that we knew it was going to happen at some point. But, uh, I, I really did kind of kid her and say, we got to be careful about what we ask for. This thing is really huge. <laughs> you know, Walt, I use LOA every day, all day, and I can tell story after story after story. But when you look at them, you may just say, you know, it's just the way it works. You know, why do you say, why do you blame Malloway for it? And, you know, why do you blame Malloway for it? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it really is. You, you, you get to feel the vibe. You get to know what's going to happen and you just focus on it and you go for it and you forget everything else and just things work out and it just goes again and again and again. And it's just so beautiful. Once you get out of the way, it's a life changer. And that's actually, I was thinking of bringing my daughter on. And that's one question I, I want to interview my daughter. I want to ask her things like, wow. why do you think I always important? What okay. have I done for you? Well, you so know, those kind of things. So yeah, we'll save that for next um, week. Yeah, that'll be great. Sounds really good. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure I remind people who have downloaded the app. First of all, thank you for downloading and using the app. Second of all, make sure you share, tell a friend, because that's how we spread the app around. And third, take advantage of the little goodies we built in there, because we've got Dan Mangana's audiobook, Beyond Intention, which basically lays out from his viewpoint the same thing we've been talking about here, about uh, energy and vibration and, and the law of attraction. He also has his money game on there, which is a great way to do what I mentioned a moment ago, just building up those experiences with, yes, I can attract this. Yes, I can attract this. Yes, I can attract this over and over and over again. We've got uh, Cindy Chavez's Love the Magician's Guide to Soulmate Success, which basically takes these same principles and applies it to your relationships and how to uh, really find that perfect relationship for you just by focusing on what it is that uh, makes the biggest difference to you. We've got uh, Linda Armstrong's High Vibe Living, the video series, and, and that's really phenomenal, especially if you want to learn how to work with energy, kind of the way that uh, uh, 
uh, you were talking about, Louie, although her approach is different. It's basically the same kind of study. So take advantage of all those goodies on the LOA Today app, and please tell a friend to tell a friend. So Right. Lovely that they put up that all, put all that up there. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, it's fabulous. I love, I mean, it just, talk about law of attraction. Kudos to them. I, mm. I didn't even ask for all of them. And Daniel comes along and says, you know what? I'm going to give you beyond intention. And on top of that, I'm going to give you the money game. And then Cindy says, well, I'll give you this. It was like, like bang, 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 and people just give me like, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> so, okay. Good discussion. Good. I love, by the way, that was the first time I think we ever actually really did your whole health thing. That was really good. So I'm glad we did this topic today. Mm. So thank you for that, that really great presentation, it's, especially since I gave you no time to prepare for it. You did a brilliant job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you very you much. Did a great you. job as you do. Oh, oh <laughs> glad to have you here. We, we, we're also glad to have our live streamers, but we're especially glad to have our podcast listeners. You make it all worthwhile. So we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Take care.